0: Hey everyone and welcome back to yet another episode of the Virtual Success Show where I'm joined by my co-host Matt Maloof. Hi Matt, how are you?
1: I'm well Bob, how are you?
0: I'm good thanks, I'm good. So what's been your week like? Biggest learning this week for you?
1: Yeah, biggest learning. You know um, it's a really interesting week and I think the biggest learning is that as business owners and entrepreneurs sometimes we need to have a recovery week to uh, to get our you know allow our energy to come back up. I um, I had a big week, three weeks on the road and presenting and the like, and uh, came into the week feeling a little bit low. And I've had a really great week, and I've just allowed myself to recover, and uh, energy is now flying again.
0: Yeah, that's so true. And actually, for me, you know, it's interesting. The show we're going to do today on your book, the Stop Doing List. I've had a week where. Uh, or probably a, m- a month really, where I've been pushing very far outside my comfort zone because of some business decisions that I've had to make. And I've been really grappling with the emotional um, turmoil that that can often bring. Um, and it's just interesting that today's show, we're going to talk quite quite deeply about that because we're going to discuss your book.
1: Yes, absolutely. I mean, you know. Um- It can actually be detrimental to be too far out of our comfort zones for too long um, because it's very draining.
0: Yeah, yeah. So just for the listeners, you know, Matt has written an amazing book, The Stop Doing List, which I would encourage anyone. uh, I've been diving into it and I've read it about twice already because there's still so many nuggets of things to learn inside. And what I wanted to do was actually interview Matt on the three very distinct sections that are in the book. So what we're going to do is we're doing a three-part series Um, On the stop doing list and talking about uh, show one today, we're going to talk about the mindset that you need to get into and the challenges you're going to face mindset wise when you start this stop doing list uh, exercise. Part two, then we're going to get into in the next show how to actually create your stop doing list and unpack all of those tasks that you really need to stop doing. And then part three, which is the gold, which is actually how do you stop doing? Because often we create lists of things and then we don't know how to actually delegate them effectively or let go of the control. So, Matt, stopdoing.com.au, that's the website?
1: Correct, it we're, is.
0: Yeah, we're, you can uh, so jump on there and there's lots of resources and things going up there. But just to start with today, Matt, so, you know, this this mindset thing, I'm always, I'm just always so fascinated by this. And I really enjoyed the beginning of the book, even though I've done a lot of work on mindset myself before there were some key things in here for me that were things I I hadn't actually learned before, particularly about comfort zone. But talk to me first about why did you start, uh, you know, why did you break it into these three sections? And, you know, how significant is mindset as the beginning for this stop doing exercise?
1: Yeah, I think I think we've all may have heard that age old, you know, strategy before tactics. And when it comes to Productivity and growth, in in my opinion, it's a it's mindset before strategy before tactics. Because if you go in, you could have all the skills in the world, and if you go in with the wrong mindset and the wrong um, energy around it, you know, ninety nine out of a hundred times you're going to fail. Um, you could you can be doing the same thing and 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 the mindset believing you're going to get a different result, but that's insanity. And so what I came to realise was. The business owners that were growing fast and achieving what it was that they wanted to achieve in their businesses and their lives had a very distinct mindset. And uh, and so I, you know, as I was working with them, realized that without these key aspects of mindset that they adopted, uh, everything else was a lot harder and, and even failed.
0: Yeah, and you know what I love about this, actually, because there's so many coaches out there and people out there talking about mindset. But it's a bit like the word virtual assistant. It's incredibly broad. And often people don't really delve into, and this is what I loved about your book, you actually break this down into three specific steps. And honestly, the first one or two of those were things that I had not actually thought about myself before. And I would say that I'm somebody who has quite a strong mindset in terms of business growth, but I had realized I was doing some things wrong. So can you just talk us through those three key areas of mindset for this particular exercise?
1: I sure can. So the first one was helping helping you understand that in order to grow, in order to move you and your company forward, you needed to get out of your comfort zone. Now, that's very cliche, you know, get out of our comfort zone and the like. But what I created was a very definitive understanding of what comfort zone was and, and then the layers outside of that. Because um, if you can imagine a target with the center of the target being your comfort zone, and then there's two layers outside of that. The, the first layer being the learning zone and then the the outer layer being what we call the panic zone. And so what can often happen is as we step out of our comfort zones, we step so far out that we go into the panic zone. And what this does is is it, it effectively cripples us. So it's a bit like that the age-old uh, deer-in-the-headlights uh, metaphor. So we're so far out of our comfort zone that we procrastinate um we, we're overstressed, overwhelmed, and we don't actually achieve anything. And the gap between your comfort zone and the panic zone is the learning zone or, or what I like to, to call the earning zone. That's where that's where the, you, you earn, you know. And you know what's
0: funny about that? When I just think about that panic zone, I think what also happens, because I know I've suffered this myself, you step out of your comfort zone too far, like you say. You feel stressed out, panicked. You're awake at night. You've got the sick feeling in your stomach. And then you start to beat yourself up about not being able to step outside of your comfort zone because everyone tells you, you have to push the limits and you've got to, you know, so you start to get wrapped up in this whole like down on yourself thing as well because you haven't successfully stepped outside of your comfort zone or you've gone there and you don't like it. So I love this little thing where, you know, this learning zone thing just made so much sense to me that I had maybe been stepping a little bit too far outside of comfort zones for myself in the past. So talk to us about how to know when you're in the learning zone and when you've gone too far.
1: When you've gone too far, what becomes really apparent is you're not. there's no forward movement. You're stressing, you're procrastinating, you're, uh, you're in a state of overwhelm, um, you don't seem to be able to know where to go next, um, and if anything, you'll you probably go backwards because you're not focusing on anything of real productivity. The only way to get back... And move forward is you, you've got to actually bring yourself from the panic zone back into your comfort zone so you can actually exit again. And what that does is it actually calms our brain a little bit. So, you, so whenever I – and we all go into that panic zone. We, we all do, irrespective of who you are and what successes you've had. And so what I do is if I feel myself going into that overwhelm or um, stress state, I go back into my comfort zone and do something that sits within that to calm myself and then move out again. And what often, um, it's breaking it down. It's breaking down the big task into little tasks and focusing on one step at a time. That will take you into your learning zone. It's doing things that you haven't done before, but you feel a sense of certainty within yourself that you're on the right path and you can move it forward. It's not a guarantee, but you're focused, you're, you're moving it forward forward. And you do, you have that sort of, you have that bit of fear coming up, but it's a fuel. It's not, it's not actually stopping you from moving forward.
0: Yeah. You know, and I, I know I actually read this while I was on holiday. So I was lying on a beautiful beach and I was thinking about this. And what I thought was the most pivotal thing for me is that I know when I read that I went, I have been doing that to myself probably way too much over the years. But now that I recognize it, and I know the strategy from the book, how to deal with it. So if I feel that, I say to myself, okay, this is just, I've pushed a bit too far. I've gone to look over the edge and I feel a bit, you know, a bit uncomfortable. Maybe I'll just spend the next, uh, next week, I'll just come back a bit. But I know the strategy then to come back and then to push a little, you know, just to push a step, uh, not, not a step too far, but maybe two steps before that and realize that out there, may, maybe six months away and not what I thought, which is next month. So it's more a planning thing. So it has really helped me personally, I have to say, to get to to realise that the comfort zone thing is how important it is. So what about next? What are the other two pieces of mindset that you think
1: are key? As I was going through, it was really apparent working with with a lot of the clients and businesses that I work with that there were sort of four negative mindsets that kept coming up that were very apparent and holding people back, and and those four were. Um, where your self-talk says, well, you know, they can't do it as good as I can or as well as I can. Um, I don't want to give up control of the task or that area. Uh, I can't afford it or I don't have time to implement. And so, again, this is through research and working with clients and, you know, presenting to huge groups on this. And you'd watch the nods in the head where I'd say, who's ever said that they can't afford to have somebody else do a task or, they can't do it as well as I can, and and these are common phrases. And unless we come, unless we become aware of what we're doing, quote unquote, wrong, we can't get clear on where we need to move to. And so, through the book, I, I gave specific examples around these four negative mindsets and how they're, they're holding you back, which then leads into that sort of the last part of the mindset part, which is around the the five essential mindsets. And again, you know, I mean, this is giving a guide and a, and a direction forward, but the five essential mindsets really are around, you know, learning to say no. Um, and, and that's that's a really critical one because, you know, again, so many business owners, you know, and, and I think we're brought up in a culture as entrepreneurs to just say yes and work it out. But as we... Yeah. As we grow and as our companies grow, learning to say no and actually guard our time a little bit will make you more money and give you more freedom than anything else.
0: Uh, And I, I, you know what, I can safely say that I only started doing that a few years ago. And the minute I started doing it, I made a lot more money and I was a lot less stressed and a lot happier. So I look back and think, oh my God, in saying yes to all those opportunities, well, not only was I not making any money. Because I wasn't doing anything properly, but I actually was also very stressed out myself and not that happy. So, saying no and being laser focused on what we are doing in the business and getting, you know, the core part of the business right and delivering it means then later you can come to say yes to a selection of things that you think will complement. So definitely second that. That that that's a huge thing that I've implemented.
1: Yeah, and 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 again, time and time again, that yeah people have that realization, yet it's one of those, it's a bit of counterintuitive thinking, isn't it? And uh, yeah. which which a lot of these essential mindsets are, you know, like the, the second one being less is more, do fewer things and do them really well, as opposed to trying to do everything. And again, I, I, I'm not sure where we learned this as entrepreneurs, but a lot of people will attach success to doing more. I've got to do more, I've got to push more, I've got to, get through more tasks on my list and etc etc but if you focus on you know leveraging it focus on getting the things off your list onto somebody else's and you do the things that are of most value again you'll you'll make more money but you'll have more freedom and and that's really the essence of the book also the book is designed to help you make more profit but also give you more freedom
0: yeah, it's that whole entrepreneurial freedom thing. I mean, we all want it. I mean, nobody goes into their own business to work 24-7, never take a holiday and be completely stressed out all the time. But sadly, that's what an awful lot of people end up doing
1: in, and, in business. <laughs> and what they don't realize is it's a choice.
0: Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And also it's that slowing down. I mean, I'm sure that's one of the mindsets as well, is this thing of sometimes you have to slow down so that you can get to that holy grail. And it is somewhere that you can get to but you have to implement. And I can see now why you made mindset this first part because these are quite different tips to the normal mindset training that's out there because these are very specific in how to actually stop doing, which is the thing to unlock your entrepreneurial freedom.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And then, yeah, because essential mindset three is is viewing um, its investment versus expense and understanding that, if you have the right people and and you're paying them money, that's an investment because that will pay you back dividends and it will buy you freedom. It will buy you back your time. But see, the challenge is that most entrepreneurs initially anyway, will see their, their um, people as an, as an expense because they see that on their profit loss, they see it as an expense line and they're trying to cut costs. So, It's like, well, I can, if I get reduced this person, I'll just take that on and we'll save money.
0: Yeah, it's funny when you were saying that, I was thinking to myself, you know, I've been interviewed on a few podcasts recently or often when I meet other women and I I say to them, oh, you know, I have this business and it's only three years old or probably really only two and a half and it's, you know, just exploded. And, oh, by the way, I also had a baby. People go, oh, my God, how do you do it? And I think, well, actually, I only work a few hours a day and i was able to take time off and it's because i actually had that mindset of i invested heavily in people and because of that i actually created freedom for myself and i created a scalable business and it's still you know it's it's definitely that is a mindset that that will it trips, it trips so many people up because they don't see them as, a, as an investment. And people are not, it's not an investment straight away. In the, initially, it is a cost because you've got to train them and you've got to, you know, so it could be six months before it's an investment. But in the long run, it, is a ma- it pays the biggest dividends than anything else you can invest in, in my view anyway.
1: And again, when you, when you compare it to other uh, other line items that we spend money on in our business, all marketing you know it's not all uh, gives us a positive return yet we'll continue to invest in marketing to get that return and, and like what you were saying Bob, not all people are going to return straight away it takes time yeah and, and but with the right mindset understanding that they are an investment you go into it very differently you it, um it's like when you buy a, an investment property if you buy an investment property you you know, it's how do I maximize the capital value together with the rental yield? So if you think about, OK, I'm going to bring on this person that's going to um, help me with my business and help me grow it and give me some freedom and more time, and you understand that I'm investing both money and time into this person that will reap me dividends later on, how would you how would you actually treat them? How would you onboard them? What would you invest into them? What training would you send them on, Etc. And it's such a different... With-
0: you know, I was just thinking as you were talking there, It's you're right, it's so mindset because if you see somebody as a cost and not an investment, every day that you come into work or you 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 know, you come and do some work in your business, you are looking at that person and the minute they make a mistake or the minute you can't really, or or if your revenue drops a bit or something happens, you immediately look at them because they're the cost. So it's like this kind of, you're almost it's like a sabotaging behavior actually because that person will feel that they'll probably start making more mistakes they won't feel you know it's just a whole energetic thing actually um that can self-feed and cause total failure absolutely yeah absolutely. so what's next what are what the positive mindsets do we have to have
1: two two more the 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 fourth one is the uh, understanding and adopting the 80 20 rule the Pareto principle
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you, you know Again, I think it's one of those concepts that a lot of people uh, know about but don't apply. And once you understand that twenty percent of your focus and in, you know, in what you do will will reap eighty percent of your results, and you start applying that to everything that you do, and start to understand well, what's the what is the twenty percent here that I need to focus on? Um, you'll you'll find that there's so many things that still need to get done, but don't need to get done by you. That you start to Create more time. And also, it's an interesting exercise because when we work with businesses and we get them to start to understand where they're spending their time and then where they should be spending their time, which is the 20%, they realize they're spending very little time in the most important and they're spending a lot of time in the most urgent.
0: And, you know, actually, I want to add something to that, because, again, what I see sometimes, I know you'd see the same, Matt, eighty-twenty also applies to delegation. So, for example, what I mean by that, on a specific task, let's say you've got a task list that you've delegated, we often see people delegating 100% of that task. And then, so that's abdication. They're like, oh, that's off my list. I don't even want to look at it. When actually really 80% of of the task will be done by your team, but there's kind of a 10, 15, 20% thing that involves you in terms of oversight, reporting back, helping, you know, asking are there any issues, maybe offering, uh, you know, maybe there's a gap where somebody needs more training and that's the oversight piece and that is delegation as opposed to abdication of responsibility. Would you agree? Yeah. So it actually applies to like a simple task as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly right. It, it's that misconception that delegation is, here you go, you go and do this, and I never want to hear about it ever again.
0: Yeah. Which is just, you're going to fail, probably.
1: Exactly. <laughs> well, not probably, you will. Yeah, you yeah, will, 100%. you will. So, And so then the, the, um, the last essential mindset is to not sweat the small stuff. And, you know we, we again we, we've heard this before, and the reason I put that in there is because a lot of the tasks that are falling onto entrepreneurs' to do lists aren't that important or if they if they're not done correctly the first time, have little, if any financial significance to the business. And what we forget is that when we were learning these tasks and to do these things, we made many mistakes. And we kept pushing forward, and we kept learning, and we kept making more mistakes. And in delegating and and actually stop doing these things, we need to understand that, well, we're trying to minimize the mistakes that our team make so that they can learn from our mistakes, but also, too, a lot of what we're gonna start handing them, the impact on the business is minimal, if any. And so, rather than getting caught up in them not doing things right the first time, or not doing it as fast as you can do it, allow them to learn, allow them to grow. And it, again, it will help you make more money and give you more freedom.
0: You know, I was just thinking as well, it's funny when you're talking, I often think of little stories that you know have impacted me and my business. And I I had the, I was fortunate enough to have to be at a lunch once with a, an, an older man, he was retired, um, but had been a serial entrepreneur, had sold businesses for, you know, hundreds of millions, you know, one of these, he he built billion dollar businesses. It was very interesting talking to him. But I remember one of the things he said to me, um, he said, always do business from a place of quiet. And what he meant was he said, like, you know, be quiet about business. So be quiet in yourself. So that sense of because and and this is something I struggle with, you know, it's I definitely took his advice on board, but it's that whole thing of not sweating the small stuff. So don't get caught up in, in the noise of all this stuff going on. And sort of just focus, I guess he was saying, focus on the important things and be quiet about everything else internally in yourself, because it just causes way too much stress for you. That's really not needed, you know? So the same applies in what we're talking about here.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And so so I guess just, sorry, just to wrap that up, the reason the book starts there is because without getting clarity that you're going to have to step out of your comfort zone in order to stop doing you're going to have to let go of the negative mindsets and adopt these positive or essential mindsets. Uh, the rest of the book will, will be of insignificance to you because you can create the list and you can understand theoretically what's going on, but trying to implement with the wrong mindset will always lead to failure.
0: Yeah. So the how to stop doing part, which is part three of the book, there's absolutely no point in going there unless you really take a good look at yourself in this first part.
1: Absolutely. And, and, and
0: you know, it's funny when you talk about those negative mindsets, those are the top four things we ask people on the way in, you know, in the, in the sales calls and, you know, what's your biggest fear about hiring a VA? And I could definitely tell you that those are the four we get all the time. <laughs> it's one of those. So I yeah. knew you should put a tick a box on those and maybe send a, an automated training or something based on whichever one they tick
1: <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs>
0: around Absolutely. this. Um Listen, Matt, that's been fantastic. And like I said, you know, we've done a show on mindset before, but this has been much more in-depth. And I I personally found this part of the book. I almost skimmed past it thinking, oh, you know, I read about mindset all the time. But the minute I got into that comfort zone stuff, I went, hold on a second. This is actually really um, to the point and and deeper stuff that I hadn't thought about before. So um, just a fantastic start to the book and to our series here. So part two of this series we're going to do in the next show is getting into the nitty gritty of actually how to create and unpack your stop doing list. Because another question we get all the time is, how do I know what to put on the list? So, it's, you know, it's, it's simple in one way, but in another way, it's actually quite difficult to do. And we're going to give you the actual map to uh, start creating your stop doing list. So, Matt, thanks so much for your insights, for, you know, giving us the insight on the book, for writing the book. It's definitely your book. Well.
1: Yeah, and uh, looking forward to uh, to show too.
0: Yeah. And listen, guys, stopdoing.com.au is where you can grab that. Uh, also, we'd love you subscribe to the show on iTunes and maybe give us a rating over there on iTunes. We're also now on Stitcher. You can actually uh, listen to us over there on Android. And, of course, if you can also jump on the, on the site, so virtualsuccessshow.com. Uh, and we have a Facebook group that you can join there. And give us, give us you know, ideas about what you'd like us to talk about. Uh, we're always looking for new concepts and new things to talk about on the show. Um, Until the next show, thanks, Matt. Thanks, Bob. See you next time. See you then. Thank you for listening to The Virtual Success Show. If you found this show helpful, take a moment to share it with a friend so that we can all grow together. Find out more about the inside scoop on outsourcing success by going to our website, virtualsuccessshow.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.